Welcome to Board Game Top Tens, episode 199, for Tuesday, July 1st, 2014. This is the BGG Top Ten Edition, a quarterly look at the top 10 ranked games on Board Game Geek. And yes, I know it's not July 1st. I should mention where this podcast has been for the last week. Well, not Dice Tower Con, though that would have been nice. Where it actually happened is last Monday, we had a storm, some strong winds, uh, took the top third off of my tree, and uh, missed the house, no damage done, but it did, well, some damage done. It landed on the power line and ripped that away from the house, which also took out my internet. Because we had power back within a day, but it took significantly longer to get the internet back. So, very difficult to post a podcast without access to the internet. I just wasn't going to do it on my smartphone. I mean, eh, doesn't sound good. I've done that before. I didn't like the way it turned out. So, I figured we'd just delay it. Meanwhile, what is this? Uh, maybe you've never heard the BGG Top 10 Edition. Well, when I launched this podcast about a year ago, one of the things I wanted to do was chart the top 10 games ranked on BoardGameGeek. I thought, well, I could just start here, which was like July of 2013. But it would be really interesting to go all the way back. And so that's what I did. I went all the way back to the best data I could find, which was using the great series of geek lists by Tom Verdonk, BGG user Lord T, that chart the top 50 games. He does this every month, the first of the month, and so it was really easy to go all the way back to, well, to early, late 2006. I decided to start at January of 2007 and have been doing it quarterly since then. That way I feel like there'd be some significant change from one list to the next. So those are all done now. Those have all been posted. Uh, episode 1 of Board Game Top 10s is actually the that list of January 2007. But you can go back and listen to every quarter right up to today. Well, you know, a few days ago. And so here we are with the episode for July 1st, 2014. Now, with the number I typically use to indicate the game's score is a two-digit, two-decimal-place score. And I use that because that's what was available when the whole thing started back in 2007. It was several years before the commonly used, what we see now, three decimal place score was widely available. I have access now to be able to see it out to five decimal places if I'm interested, but who wants to hear me list off a six-digit number? I've stuck with the two decimal place score for the most part because that's just easier to relate, easier to, to sort of process as you're listening. Although occasionally I have to refer to the more precise one shown on the website since uh, you need to see exactly how close I guess some games are. Without continued further ado, let's move on to the list. Well, actually, no, one more ado. After three quarters at number 10, sliding back a spot to number 11 is Le Havre by Uwe Rosenberg, published by Z-Man Games with a rating of 791. That is down one point from last quarter. This is a 20-quarter run for Lahav. Five years it spent in the top 10. 
It debuted on this list at, in July of 2009 at number 8. It peaked in April of 2010 at number 6, and it stayed there for 8 quarters until it yielded its place to Eclipse, the first of the five newcomers since early 2012 that have punched into the top 10 on BoardGameGeek. Lahav's peak rating was 799, which it hit October of 2010, and which it retained through much of 2011. Since then, like just about every game in the top 10 that isn't new, uh, it has slid back and back, has dropped 8 points since that peak in October of 2010, down to 791, and now is out of the top 10. After three quarters at number nine, sliding a spot to number ten is Mage Knight Board Game by Vlada Kavado, published by WizKids, with a rating of 795. That's a gain of one point in rating. And this is the eighth quarter. Mage Knight has been on the list. Let's take a look at the next game. At number nine, after two quarters at number eight, is Power Grid by Freedom and Freeze published by Rio Grande Games, also with a rating of 795, though that's down a point from last quarter. Power Grid is one of the three games that has been in the top 10 every single quarter since this list started. So that's 31 quarters. This is the 31st time this list has been done. And again, those, those games appear to be tied at 795. We look into the precise average to see where they are, which I'll do in just a second. Our debut, the one that kicked Lahav out of the top 10, is at number 8, up from number 14 last quarter, and from somewhere in the 150s, the quarter before that, it is Caverna, the Cave Farmers, by Uva Rosenberg, published by Z-Man Games, with a rating of 796, it's a 10-point gain from last time. So Uva Rosenberg replaced himself in the top 10, still the only guy who has had two games routinely in the top 10 well, for some time. Uh, Donald X. Vaccarino did it with Dominion and Dominion Intrigue for a while. And going back even further, Ricard Ulrich did it in the 2007-2008 with the Princes of Florence and El Grande for a while, but, well, for 20 quarters, for five years, Uva has been doing it with Lahav and Agricola, and now it just he just swaps out Caverna for Lahav. So it's like Agricola and Agricola 2.0, right? Now let's look at the precise average. Caverna's actual score is 7.962. Power Grid is 7.9. 5-3, and Mage Knight is 7.948. So Caverna has a 9-point lead on Power Grid. Power Grid has a 5-point lead on Mage Knight. But what's the trend here? Well, Caverna's trend is definitely way up. It ought to capture number 7 next time around. Maybe even higher. Don't know. But what about Power Grid and Mage Knight? Power Grid lost five points in the precise average to fall to that position, which is the smallest decline it's had in over a year. But Mage Knight is is pretty strong. It gained eight points this time around. So the gap between them is only five points this time, but last time it was 18. 
So it's very likely that Mage Knight will pass Power Grid by the next time this I do this list in October and reclaim the number nine spot. Mage Knight has been, it's very interesting, Mage Knight has been performing very well. There have been large swaths of time where a rating of 795 like Mage Knight has would be good enough for eighth, seventh, maybe even sixth place. But the competition is very strong right now. And so it's all it can do to just kind of stay level there in the lower reaches of the top 10. Continuing forward, in its 10th quarter on the list, at number 7 for the second quarter in a row, is Eclipse by Tuko Takokalio, published by Asmo Day with a rating of 799. That's down only one point for the quarter, which is a nice sort of recovery for Eclipse. If you haven't been listening to this list as I've been posting it back in the feed, Eclipse rocketed on to the chart, shot all the way up to number 5, and then just almost as suddenly turned around and has been dropping steadily. A couple quarters back it lost 4 points. Last quarter it was 3. This quarter only 1. So perhaps that steep descent has leveled out somewhat. We have another interesting case here at number 6. This is Android Netrunner by Richard Garfield and Lucas Litzinger, published by Fantasy Flight Games. In its seventh quarter on the list, its rating drops two points to 807. But Netrunner has been sort of all over the place. It rocketed on the list just like Eclipse did a few quarters later, only even more impressively because it reached all the way to number four and came within two points of precise average of capturing number two six months ago, uh, nine months ago rather, in October of 2013. And since then, uh, its, its rating has been rocked pretty substantially. It dropped back to number, or is that number four rather, but it dropped back to number five, and then it reclaimed number four last quarter, and now it falls back to number six, dropping two spots. So what's the game that kicked Android Netrunner down two spots? Well, one of them that helped is the one that, for the third straight quarter, climbs one. It's the fourth quarter this game has been on the list. It debuted at number eight, and then it's gone to seven, to six, and now to five. It is Terra Mystica by Jens Drogemuller and Helger Ostertag, published by Z-Man Games with a rating of 808. Uh, that is a gain of two points, which is pretty impressive. Its gains have gone like this, 9, 6, 3, 2. I thought it would level out a little more than that, but it didn't. And so it captures Android Netrunner, but not by much. It pips it by only one point in the precise average. But this inexorable upward march will likely get it number 4 come next quarter, unless it falls victim to the same vagaries that have smacked down Eclipse and Netrunner. At number four, reclaiming that spot, moving up from number five last time, is Puerto Rico by Andreas Seafarth, published by Rio Grande Games, also with a rating of 808. That is down one point for the quarter. I'll talk about the precise average a little more in just a second. Let's get up through number two first. At number three, for the third quarter in a row, is Agricola, by Uwe Rosenberg, published by Z-Man Games, rating 809, down two points. And at number two for the third quarter in a row is Through the Ages, a story of civilization by Vlada Kavadal, 
published by Eagle Games with a rating of 810. That is down one point. Uh, Agricola is on for the 27th time. Through the Ages is here for the 26th time. But these games are bunched pretty tightly. This has not always been true that the games uh, in, in these, these upper reaches of the top 10 are so close together. But right now, between 2 and 6 is a gap of only 3 points. Through the Ages, 810. And number 6, Netrunner is 807. Let's look into the precise average to see exactly how close they are. And we'll see that it's pretty even, actually. Last time around, Through the Ages led Agricola by 3 points in the precise average, 8.109 to 8.106. Now, Through the Ages has lost a little bit to go to 8.101. Agricola has lost quite a bit more to 8.092. So that gap has expanded from 3 to 9. Through the Ages spent a lot of time fighting off Agricola, appears possibly to have finally vanquished it, though you can never say anything for sure. At Puerto Rico is at 8.084, a gap of only 8 points between those two games. That is quite an improvement. Last time around, Agricola and Puerto Rico were separated by 14, now only by 8. Puerto Rico looks like it could be poised to repass Agricola for the first time in literally years. But then coming up right behind them is Terra Mystica at 8.075, only 9 points behind Puerto Rico. And there is a 25-point swing this quarter between those two games. There is a 31-point swing between Agricola and Terra Mystica. In fact, there is a 25-point swing between Terra Mystica and Through the Ages, and they are only separated by 26. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that Terra Mystica jumps all the way to number 2 next quarter. That would probably be asking a lot. It could, it should go to number four. It beat out Puerto Rico. It could catch Agricola, too, depending on how bad Agricola's upcoming quarter is, and get it to number three. Uh, whether it gets all the way to number two, that would be pretty impressive. And then, as I mentioned, Netrunner is only one point back of Terra Mystica at 8.074. However, it was one point ahead of Puerto Rico, it is now 10 points behind. So a pretty rough quarter for Netrunner, but a very interesting mix here in the top upper reaches of the top 10. That hasn't always been true that we've seen this kind of movement. So if this is the first version of this list you've heard, you picked a good time to jump on. But at number one for the 15th consecutive quarter, it is Twilight Struggle by Ananda Gupta and Jason Matthews, published by GMT Games, with a rating of 822, and there is no movement there. So for as tight as it is between Through the Ages and Netrunner, only three points separating those five games, there is a 12-point gap between Twilight Struggle and Through the Ages. And that's 12 in this two-digit version. In the three-digit version that I've been talking about more, the gap is actually... 120 points. So it's hard to see how any game catches Twilight Struggle anytime soon. I suppose Terra Mystica has an outside chance of doing it in a couple of years, or maybe Caverna could do it in a couple of years, but uh, there doesn't seem to be anything else on the horizon. 
Yes, the page views edition is coming tomorrow, and so I ask you to wait one more day for that. This one is for Tuesday, July 1st, 2014.